Okay, so uh, part two, yeah. All right, so last week we, uh, we were learning a little bit about, practically speaking, the Avayda of Rosh Hashanah and different things to think about during the Tfilas, Malchias, Ruchanis, and Shaifras, Mayrib, and so on. So just to sort of get back into that and to do a little Chazara, again, starting from the beginning of Mayrib, from the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, and we're just going to move from Mayrib, Shacharis, Mosaf, Vuchulu, Vuchulu. So I'll just begin with Meyer. So again, this is an inning that I, I mentioned last week. I just, uh, I, don't, I think last time I didn't give a specific Maramukim or source for it, so I figured just be good night to, uh, to mention the Makar. So it says in Pasuk, it says in Pasuk, Tikul Bachaydi Shaifar, Bakesel Yom Chagainu. So Tikul Bachaydi Shaifar, that you should blow a Shaifar, Tikul Bachaydi Shaifar on Rosh Hashanah. Bakesel Yem Chagenu, the Yontif, which is Bakesa, the Yontif which is hidden. The hidden Yontif. What is being a hidden Yontif? So Chazal already say that the meaning of that is it's a reference to the moon, that it's the one Yontif, it's the first, it's the beginning of the month. It's the one Yontif where the moon is hidden on Yontif. So this is what the Balatanya writes. Again, just a couple lines from Balatanya, it's in uh, Lakuta Taira, on his drushes for Rosh Hashanah. He says, Pirish, Kini Harotzen Ha'elyan Shemizgalab Rosh Hashanah. Uh, what's revealing itself in Rosh Hashanah is what's called the Ratzon Ha'elyan, the, the will of Hashem. The original will of Hashem, which is to create a world. That will has to be renewed every Rosh Hashanah. It has to be renewed every Rosh Hashanah. It's like a person, you know, has a business or uh, stam, uh, you know, whatever it is that they do during the day and so on. There's like sort of this momentum that you just, you know, once you start, you just continue. You just continue. And every once in a while, it's Kadai to sort of sit back and to stop and to think, just to remember why we're doing this, you know. person, let's say, has a business that keeps just keep on going, you know, keep, things keep on moving. They don't necessarily have the time to even sit back and to think, are we even profitable? You know what I mean? I just, I just keep on busy. I'm just busy. At some point, you have to sort of sit back and to take that moment and to evaluate whether your Ratzin Ha'elian, whether the original will that was motivating the establishment of this business, is that being fulfilled? So the Rabbanu Shalom is the same thing, that every single Rosh Hashanah, there's, a, there's a, a renewal of that will of, I want there to be a world. As Hashem, Rosh Hashanah, and I, maybe we'll talk about that more in Avaida. The Baal says such a thing, so Rosh Hashanah is when the will of Hashem to create a world is renewed. But But the way to start that renewal, which always comes from us, we, we're the ones that initiate everything down here, after Rabbanu created the world initially, we start things. That renewal of Hashem's will to create the next year, to create a world, is bakesa, is through something being hidden. What does that mean? It begins with, with the histalkus, with the removal of everything that was until this point, which is the beginning of Rosh Hashanah night. Meaning? means that all the chiyas of the past year, all the energy, all the life, all the experiences we had the past year, Rosh Hashanah, night, Lel Rosh Hashanah, you take all of that energy, you give it back to the Rabbanu Shalom. You give it back to the Rabbanu Shalom. <clears throat> and he says, Rosh Hashanah, and on Rosh Hashanah day, is meschadish chiyas klali. There's a renewal because of that. Again, this is a klal, again, I mentioned this last week. Is that the avoid of Rosh Hashanah night, in particular, again, Definitely in the beginning of Rosh Hashanah night, that's for sure. Bekar Avayid is to take everything a person has and a person had experienced and to, and to return it to the Rabbanu Shalom. To be mechazik veramuna and bitachem, that everything comes from the Rabbanu Shalom. There's nothing that happens in a person's life that's stam mikra. Everything was the Yad Hashem. You know, there's a Maisa, they say, with uh, Rav Melech and Rav Zusha. So we know that they went on Golas, right? They spent the five or six years was just wandering like, like paupers and... And in those days, if you were, uh, you know, a peasant and, and a pauper and a homeless person, it was, it was dangerous. I mean, the, you know, people would take advantage of people like that. So Zemai said that they were once in a bar, and they were sitting there like mamish, like schleppers, and uh, there were some guy in the bar that decided they were getting drunk, whatever it is, and they were deciding to have a party, and they uh, were dancing or who knows what, and they, they to have a good time. They decided they'll, they'll one of these two beggars, they'll chop him and they'll... They'll dance with him, quote-unquote. And while they're dancing, they're slapping him, punching, kicking, you know. And the mazel, they took Rav Zusha. Rav is sitting there, he wasn't touched. Rav Zusha, they pull in. 
And for Mamish, like a while, they're, they're beating him up. You know, Pasha beating him up. And the whole time the Rebbe Melch is feeling guilty that he, you know, it wasn't him, it was Usha. So after the whole thing is, is over, so the guys have a little bit of a break. And so Zusha goes back to his seat, you know, and the Rebbe Melech, and Tazuzusha says, you know, it's not, it's not fair that you got the beating and I didn't. Let's switch seats. They're not going to notice the difference anyway. We're brothers. So they switch seats. So the Rebbe Melech takes Zusha's seat. When the music starts up again, all the, the drunk uh, and they say to each other, you know, we had, we had a good time with that one already. Let's, let's get the other one. And they go back, and then they get Zusha again. So while Zusha's, you know, while Zusha's getting beat up, and so, so the, you know, afterwards he tells his brother, see, Rebbe Melech, I was supposed to get the patch. You can switch your seats all you want. If it's coming to you, it's coming to you. Yeah, that's the way it is. That's the fight of Rosh Hashanah night. Everything was Biyad Hashem. More than that, deeper than that, after, even after Davin, we go home, we have the Simonim, right? The Simonim. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, dating of the Simonim. One of the avoiders of the Simonim is to, is to realize this, this oimek, that even my motivations in life were, were deeper than what I thought. Like everything, I'm, I'm giving everything back to Rabbanu Shlalem. My experiences of life, all the ups, all the downs, all the patches, it wasn't just because I was sitting in that seat. It was the Rabbanu Shlalem wanted me to have those things. It's all Biyad Hashem. It was all, it's all coming from the Rabbanu Shlalem and it's all going to the Rabbanu Shlalem. And even my motivation in life for doing everything I did was deeper. It was more about finding the Rabbanu Shlalem than I thought. Like what's the name of Simonim? See, one of them is, you know, you're sitting there. You don't eat black-eyed peas usually. Well, the only reason you're eating black-eyed peas is to say the Yeratzen, right? It's the only reason. Why are you eating pomegranate seeds? Stop. The only reason I'm eating pomegranate seeds is to say Yeratzen, say a tefillah. Why am I eating carrots? The only thing is to say, it's to say the tefillahs. When you eat the simonim, you know what you're saying to yourself? You're saying that's the reason why you ever ate anything. It's bad. It, it's giving back the food to the Rebbe It's giving back the pleasure to the Rebbe It's giving everything back. Why did I ever drink a cup of water? It's time to drink a cup of water. Really, really deep down, the only reason I ever drank a cup of water this past year was in order to say a The real reason I did anything in this world was, in the past year was really only to find you there, Banishlam. And Kivyachal, even Averis, even Averis, the real reason I did Averis was also because I was trying to find you, Hashem. I, I made a mistake, I was looking in the wrong places. But really, that's what it was about. Yeah, that's, called being, that's called being mala the entire year to the back of the God. Everything that happens to you was coming from the Rabbani Shalom, and everything I did was ultimately trying to get back to that single truth of the Rabbani Shalom. I was making mistakes. I wasn't even sure about my own motives. That's the avoid of Rosh Hashanah night. Just give everything back. And as the, as the Baltanya says, when everything in the past year is now hidden, because it's, 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 it's not here anymore. It's just... You've given it all back. All your experiences was coming from the Rabbanu Shalom. All my motivations were about the Rabbanu Shalom. It was all coming from the Rabbanu Shalom. That's cool, taking the past year and returning it to the, to the manufacturer. And when you do that, then the Rabbanu Shalom, there's a hischadshus, there's a renewal of that Ratzon Ha'elyan, that, that, that divine will of wanting to give us back a new year. That's the way it goes. That's the claw. You want to get something new, you have to get a, give back the old. That's the claw. Fine. So that's Rosh Hashanah night. That's Rosh Hashanah night. And by the way, uh, as I mentioned also from, the, from Rabbi Nachman, that w- another thing to keep in mind throughout Rosh Hashanah, this is sort of on the side, but just think, to, mach- to have good machshavas, to have good machshavas, to think good thoughts, to think positive thoughts, to be positive. It's a very, very important Indian as well. Okay, so you move on for Rosh Hashanah night, and now you come to Rosh Hashanah day. So as I said, the Shemana Esri, let's say Shachris and Musaf, even though by Shachris you don't mention Malchis, Zuchanis, and Shaifris, but it's there. It's there. The Indian of Malchis, Zuchanis, and Shaifris is by Shachris and it's by Mosef. And again, just the Chazer. What exactly are we supposed to be thinking about and working on by Malchis, Zuchanis, and Shaifris? So again, as I mentioned last week, the Iker is to, it's to clarify a few, it, it, fundamental points the, to, get the, to get the mission, same the Yiddish guy, down packed. Right? To get it Mamish solid, that algorithm that you need. Who am I? What am I doing here? What's the tachlis of my life? And, and how is that tachlis going to be fulfilled? So again, just to, just to review Mamsh for a second, then we'll, then we'll, we'll, we'll deepen and we'll go weiter. Again, Malchias, you're reminding yourself that, what, that I was created by the Rabbana Shalom for a purpose. I have a shlichus, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. And that means, and that, means that if I have a purpose, it means the Rabbana Shalom gave me everything I need to fulfill that purpose. 
You know, there's a mice that one of the, I mentioned this, I don't remember. This morning, I mentioned it, but I don't know if anyone was there. So anyway, so the, uh, the mice goes like this. The, one of the, Babach Rebbe sent a shliach to New Haven, Connecticut. The shliach to New Haven, Connecticut was uh, Rabbi Hecht. It was Rabbi Hecht. So at the time when he was sent, I mean, it was a mid, but there was nothing there. I mean, now Baruch Hashem is a nice Jewish community, but there was, there was nothing there. I mean, it was Yidin, but uh, in terms of Yiddish type. So Maisa goes that he was there for like six months, close to a year. He's doing what he can, but it's constant mania. It's like he, he's, not, he, he's not accomplishing much. He's, he's, he's struggling still to getting a minion. It's like, it's very, very difficult. So he sends a letter back to the Rebbe. It's a pellet. He sends a letter back to the Rebbe that, uh, yeah, you know, you sent me uh, to New Haven, mm-hmm. Connecticut by myself. I have nothing. <laughs> much nothing. I'm not being matzliach. And he was fetching, like, I can't do this anymore. And he said, a, a, a nusach in the letter was like, if, if the Rebbe wants Yiddish guy to New Haven, Connecticut, the Rebbe's going to have to do it himself. I can't, I can't do it. So the Rebbe sent back a letter. He sent back a letter like this. He said, I already sent a Rabbi Hecht to New Haven, Connecticut to bring Yiddishkeit there. And if you don't think you can do it, it means that you haven't yet met Rabbi Hecht. That's what the Rebbe said. That's what it means. We're We were sent by the Rebbe for a mission. That's Malchus. We were sent for a mission. And it means that you have the Kaychas to accomplish it. And if you don't think you have it, it means you haven't met yourself yet. So Malchus is about being Mechazik that. Mechazik, that truth, and davening to Rabbanu Shalom that he should give us that confidence and that strength and that knowledge and that clarity that we, that we have a mission and we can carry out that mission. And Zechreinus, as I mentioned, Zechreinus is, 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 is deeper than that or, or built on that. Zechreinus means to know, to have the confidence that we will carry out the mission. Not just we can, we will. And the Rabbanu Shalom is giving us the Shemaya along the way. The Rabbanu Shalom guarantees every Neshamba will make it to the end. The Rabbanu Shalom guarantees Mashiach will come. And the Rabbanu Shalom guarantees and promises that he is remembering us as we, as we go on our journey. And whenever the Rabbanu Shalom remembers you, it means things work out. It means things, things work. Things work. It's when the Rabbanu Shalom forgets about a person, so to speak. And that's, that's when things go haywire. That's Zechreinus. And then Shoifers, as we mentioned, is even more than that. Shoifers is that since the tachlis of my life, what is my shlichus bechlal? My shlichus bechlal is to reveal God's presence, is to feel something, is to be connected to that which is transcendent, to make this world a place of dir b'tachtoinen, saturated with elikos. I, I want to feel that. Let me be a part of that experience. And even though what I'm doing right now, everything I'm doing is, to, is towards that. But it should, it should be something that I should taste a little bit of oilam haba right now. I should know what I'm doing. I should feel his sorrows. The Yiddishkeit should have a tanag, a masikas, it should be pleasant, it should be sweet. I should, I should feel alive in Yiddishkeit. The Shoifers, he talk about the Rabbanishim revealing himself in that way. Those are, the, those are the basically, again, just uh, uh, one way to think of these different brachas of Malchus, Zuchanis, and Shoifers. And there's many subcategories that your tefillahs can, that you can sort of put into this. You could put into this. So we'll talk about the difference between the first day and the second day, but that's Bechlal. Shachris versus Mosav. What's the difference? So let's talk about shachas for a second. You're saying, you're davening all these things and you're having all these thoughts in mind, but what exactly, what, what, what's unique to shachas and then next level Musaf? So it's like this. The general difference between shachas and Musaf in the Surah mm-hmm. is described in the following way. This is true for Rosh Hashanah, it's true for Shabbos and Yantif, but just Bechlal. The difference is that shachas is called Bina and Musaf is called Chachma. Whatever tikkunim we're doing with every shachris, it's in the universe that's called Bina, and Mosef is in the universe that's called Chachma. What's the difference between that? <clears throat> so it's like this. Bina means making a choice out of a disciplined, uh, cerebral decision because of this path is better than the alternative. Bina means, what is Bina? Bina means maven dover mitech dover. You're making a choice of A because A is better than B. That's why I'm choosing A. It's maven dover mitech dover. I'm discerning this from that. That's Bina. That's Bina. Bina comes to the word binu, which means to build. Building means different parts. And I decide which part goes where in order to build the structure. There is a way, all these things that we, that we talked about, Malchus, Rans, Rishayfers, knowing your mission, a, focusing on it, trying to become a better Jew, coming closer to Rabbi Nishloim, all that can be done in a way of Bina. And that means, because the alternative is miserable. 
I, I, because the alternative is, is just incorrect. This is not true. Uh, the, the, the right thing to do is to, is to live a life of tachlis, to live a life of mission. I want to choose a life of good. I mentioned, you know, it says in Pasuk, the Rabbani Shalom parshas itself, and the Rabbani Shalom gives before the Yid. Marisha Venet says that the, the Rabbani Shalom presents before us, uh, I'm giving you taiv and ra. Taiv and ra. Bina says, well, I want to choose good. Because good is unbelievable. It's great. It's kavadik. I want to have a, I want to have a meaningful life. I want to be able to experience a purposeful life. I want to be able to experience the pleasures of Yiddish. It's kavadik. It's, it's mamash kavadik. And it's better than the alternative, which is to feel dead inside and to be numb and to have nothing. And that's the motivation behind Shachars. That's called Bina. It's kavadik. But what's Chachma? Mosef is a different name. What's Chachma? Chachma is, is, is a decision that a person na- makes not because, it's not because the alternative is worse. Chachma means there is no alternative. Chachma means that the difference is not between A and B. Chachma means all there is is A, because B is just not even an option. B doesn't have metzias altogether. Like in Parshas and as I mentioned, the, ter- the Rebbe Shalom says to the Yid, Moshe Benin says to us, I, I place before you today, life and good and bad and death. So what does the Pasuk continue? The Pasuk then says, you should choose life. What do you mean? You should choose life and good. Those are the two options, right? The two categories is life and good, death and bad. So I'm choosing category A, life and good. But it doesn't say to choose life and good. It says choose life. Because that's the difference between Chachem and Bina. A Bina mindset, Shachris is, I have good and I have bad, and I want to choose good. Because it's great. Because it's much better than bad, right? Bad is an option. Don't get me wrong. It's an option. I just, I don't choose that option. I choose the option of good. But the Rebbe Hashem is saying, don't settle for that. Musaf is more than that. Musaf is, it's not good or bad. It's life and death. There is no option. There's no other option, that's him. Bacharta Bechayim, the Rabbanu Shalom is telling us, get to a place in, in your Avoida where, where, where Yiddishkeit, it's not the better of the two, it's uh, lesser of two evils, Kilo. It's like the better of the, it's not a better option. There is no other option. When you're davening Malchus Rishayfers on Musav, you're davening whatever it is that you're davening for on Musav, it has to do with that intensity that there is no alternative. There's no other option. Shachar is already, there's a possibility of another option. There's a difference, the Sfarim talk about this, the difference between a tzaddik versus a baal See, tzaddikim, you could talk about good and evil. Tzaddikim are sensitive to good, and therefore they want to do good. Talk to a, a person that's in the middle of Averis. Why, why should I not do Averis? Why should I stop this? Because it's not right. I don't care about right and wrong. That's why I'm doing Averis, because I don't care about right and wrong, right? The only thing that's going to speak to a baal is why should you stop doing this? Why should you connect to Tyra? Why should you grow at all? Because it's life itself. Because we, you know that you're dead inside. You feel dead. It's not a matter of good versus bad. He doesn't care about good versus bad. Sadiq can care about that. Bali tshuva. Musaf is a way of, is the beginning of a bal tshuva. Shachris is a way of a tzaddik. It's kvaldik. But the Zahar says, the Zahar says, a tshuva, bal tshuva is bechele yasr. It's much more intensity. Because the choice that the bal tshuva is making is not one of good versus evil. It's a choice of life over death. That's Musaf. That's the difference between Musaf and Shachras. That's why, you know, there's a Medrash. The Medrash says that Elyonovi was once, uh, you know, a person met Elyonovi. It's already a big Madrega. Met Elyonovi, and he, and he asked Elyonovi if, if, if Elyon could teach him Tyra, to reveal him secrets. So Elyonovi asked him, why? Why do you want to learn? So he said, why do I want to learn? Because learning is Gavaldic. It's amazing. I mean, uh, it's, 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 it's the truth. I want, I, you know... It's a strange question. Well, of course I want to learn. So he said, so he said, so what should I have said? He said, if you would have told me that you need to learn because you can't survive without it, I would have given it to you. But it's not because learning is gavaldic. That's not, uh, you're not going to get secrets of tar like that. That's Shachris versus Musaf. So Chachma comes before Bina in terms of how the Rabbanu Shalom is creating things. From your, when you're starting from the top, and you work your way down. So Chachma is that, is that obvious truth, and then sort of as you move down, it becomes more clouded, and it becomes more of a multiple choice, and you're just choosing correctly. Like, in other words, in the mountaintop, from the Rabbanu Shalom's perspective, all there is is, 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 is Tyra. That's all there, there's no other alternative. 
Why the Malachim don't have Bechir? Malachim don't have Bechir, why? Because there's no alternative, what does it mean? There's no alternative, what does it mean? There's no, there's no choice. All there is is Rabbanish Shalom. As, that's Kol Chachma. When you move down, and all of a sudden you're down on planet Earth, no, there's different options. There's good, there's bad. There's good. That's why, again, think about it with the other Mauritian, right? I pointed this out with other Mauritian. So there was two choices, right? The tree of life versus what? The tree of death? No. It was the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The, 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 the mistake of Adam Rishon, on some level, was choosing to be a tzaddik and not to be a Balchuva. It was choosing Shachris over Mosav. It was choosing, I'm going to pick a Yiddishkeit that's, be, that's based on choices. Not a Yiddishkeit that's based on just an absolute truth that, def, that, that, that doesn't allow there to be any alternative Bechlal. He should have chosen the tree of life that's called Bechar de Bechaim, not the tree of good and evil. When you're starting on planet Earth and you're trying to work your way back up to that absolute reality, then you first hit Bina, right? You first hit Bina, it's like, okay, I have these alternative, I have these all different options, I want to choose the right path. And then you ascend even further to get to that point of where the right path becomes the only path. The, the amazing thing about Tshuva, about the Baal Tshuva, is that he took a wrong turn and he hits rock bottom, and when he's motivated by that hitting a rock bottom, he actually gets to a higher place. He gets to Chachm immediately. This is, uh, this is why the Pasuk says, Hashem b'chachma yasad aretz. We're going off a little bit, but Hashem b'chachma yasad aretz. That Hashem establishes the foundation of earth, of ground, of dirt with chachma. Kainin shemayim betvuna, and the heavens are resting upon tvuna, which is bina. So the pasuk says again, earth, which is a lower madrega, that's rock bottom, is founded on chachma. What heaven, which is very nice, heaven is rooted on bina. That's a little bit funny. Bina is described as heaven, and Chach is described as earth. That means Bina's higher. The answer is, Shemayim, heaven over in this case, is referring to the Tzaddik. And the Tzaddik, his way is Bina. Because he never, you know, he never hit rock bottom. He never hit rock bottom. So to him, there's Taiv and there's Ra, and he's choosing Taiv. But the, 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 the Russia, who's Aretz, who Mamish hits rock bottom, he knows with an absolute certainty that there's really no alternative. It's not the Pshat... Two options, and this is just the better. There's no alternative because I've tasted everything. I've tasted all the, uh, the pomegranate seeds and all the black eyed peas, and I know there's nothing there but tefillah. There's nothing there. And so you hit rock bottom, and then you realize you actually discover chachma in rock bottom. As I mentioned, Rav Zusha, so I, think I mentioned this once in a year months ago, that, uh, that uh, Rav Zusha once said to his brother Rav Melech that, you know, you know Melech, that every neshama is connected to Adam Rishon. Every neshama was a piece of Adam Rishon connected to his body. So he said, he was just averted himself in third person. He said, Zusha was the right hand of Adam. Okay? And he said, and Zusha pushed Adam to eat from the Yitzhadas. So, so Rav Melech said, Zusha, why, why would you do that? So, so Zusha said, because Zusha didn't want Adam and all of Klai Yisrael to go through eternity thinking that maybe the Nachash Taka has something to offer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm staying away, I'm not doing it. But maybe he has what to offer. So we should want, uh, wanted Adam to taste of it and to know that there's Taka no other option. There's like, there's nothing there. Because there's two different ways to choose life. You could either Metchila choose life, or you choose everything else and you realize all there was was life. That's the, I mean, we, now, now we, we, we're not Zushas, we don't do that. We don't do that. We try, to, we, we try to be the way of a tzaddik, you know, but as a, you know, a tzaddik already writes that a person should not plan on being a tzaddik. A person should really aspire to be a balchuva. That's really what a person should aspire to be because, you know, we're, we're starting off behind the eight ball if we want to be a tzaddik. That's a shachris versus Muslim. Again, so shachris, there's a certain, there, 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 there's, a, there's, a, there's an ascension. You're, you're moving up the ladder from Bina into Chachma. That's what's going on over here. And, um, and fine. Now, let's move on to a little Navi Nekuda. Now, each one, Shachris and Mosef, each one has a Shtil Shmaneser versus a Chazar Sashat. Shtil Shmaneser versus a Chazar Sashat, which is obviously true every single day. What's the difference between the two? Now, uh, this is something that people might not realize, but it's a very important thing to remember, is that according to the, the Ariyah Kaddish, according to the Mekubalim, Chazar Sashat, it's not the Pshat, like in, in Halacha, what's Chazar Sashat? I don't know. The, 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 so, Chazar Sashatz is for two things. We need to have Kedusha. So, you got to have the Chazar Sashatz, okay? And also to, to facilitate Kedusha. And second of all, maybe there's someone in the shul that doesn't know how to read Hebrew. And so, he's not able to daven by himself. So, you have the Chazin, uh, so he could be Yitzhak with that. Which is very hard to be motivated 
to not talk and to listen and to connect to Chazar Sashats, if that's the only purpose, to get to Kedusha, maybe Maidim, right? Uh, and also for the one guy that's not, that happens not to be here, that the, the needs to be Yitzhak, Chazar Sashats like that. The answer is like this. In, in Pneumius, the tf, the, there's, a, there's a tefillah, Chazar Sashats, is everyone is being mispal Chazar Sashats. And more than that, it's, a, it's on a much higher level. It's a much, much higher level. Chazar Sashats is an upgrade. It's a much deeper tefillah than the Quiet Shemes, right? This is why Chazar Sashats is said out loud. See, why is it loud? It's loud because the intensity of Chazar Sashats is supposed to be so much that it, it, it's just pouring out of the heart. There's, in Slonim, in Slonim uh, Svarim, we find this idea that the ending of screaming by davening is not, you shouldn't force yourself to scream. The, the, the emotion should be so powerful that it's automatically, it, it, your heart is full and it just, it just comes out like that. Chazor Sashatz, Quiet Shmenesrei, again, whether it be Shachas or Musaf, is the intensity is there, but it's it, it's already it's mitzumsum, it's mugbal, it's contained within the heart. It's something that you could eh, you could control it. Chazar Sashatz is supposed to be so intense and so overwhelming that the, the, the demand for whatever is you're davening for is supposed to be so intense that it's just pouring out of you that you need a chazan to scream it for you. That's what Chazar Sashatz is. When you listen to Chazar Sashatz, every single one of us, you should be listening to Chazar Sashatz with every bracha, and the kavanah that a person should be having is the first, that the, 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 what's being said right now is, in, is, is, is I'm, I'm demanding it, I need it, it's, I, I, I must need this. Again, even by Shacharis, where it's a choice of good and evil, but even that choice is with added intensity when you're talking about Chazar Sashatz. So it's, it's, it's moving, it's, it's, it's moving from that madrega of like uh, a manageable emotion, something that you could contain to emotions that, that, that you can't contain. And it comes, by the way, with, with, um, with realizing that by Chazar Sashatz, you're, you're, you're sort of transforming from the individual to be part of a whole tzibur. See, Tzvilab, quiet Shemineser is everyone saying their own Shemineser, right? And so you, you exist on your own as an individual, just you're, uh, we're all doing the same thing together. But Chazar Sashatz is a whole different ending. Chazar Sashatz is... That, no, 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 we're not individuals anymore. Chazar Sashatz means that we are one Tzibur, we are one entity. And this one entity is so, is so on fire with whatever it is that we're davening for that it's demanding it. And that's the only way we have the right to demand anything from God. How could a person demand anything for their banishlam? When you come with Klal Yisrael, when you come as a, as a Tzibur, then you could talk and demand things. Rav Salvechik used to say, for example, he used to say that by Chazar Sashatz in Halacha, he used to prove this, that Chazar Sashatz is an Indian of, of like Alpidim, that the, 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 the Chazan is able to say the tefillah out loud because he's saying to Rabbanu Shalom that Alpidim, we, we need these things, Alpidim. Alpidim. Because the Gemara says that it's, it's understood that a creator has a responsibility of sustaining his creations. It's one thing if you want extra stuff, but if you want things that are necessary to survive, necessary, things that you absolutely need, then the Rabbanu Shalom is for, he has to give you that stuff. But what do you need? What do you need? Do you really need Chanan Ladam Das? Do you really need Tshuva? Do you really need Tekah for God? Do we really need these things? Well, by Kayish Manesrei, I don't really need, I mean, it's, it, would be, it would be unbelievable to have, you know? Be unbelievable, but Chazor Sashatz is like Chazor Sashatz means now that like, we need this, we need this. And when Klai will come together and Yechidim sort of transform into into something bigger, then that truth comes out of how much we really need these things. How much we really need these things? Chazor Sashatz is, is, is it, it's a much more intense experience. It should be so when by by Rosh Hashanah especially when the Chazan is, is davening, you should be listening along and thinking the tefillahs that you were davening for by Kliyat Shemesher, but with added intensity. Added intensity of like of desperation, of desperation, which again is all added by the shayfer as well. If you remember, what we talked about last week also with the shayfer, that the shayfer is also a similar inyan of of just dialing up the the the, the, the need for these things. It's the need for these things. That's why uh, just something to think about. You know, we have um, tashrat, tashat, and tarat. The difference is that tashrat is. The way it's broken down is that Tashrat is connected to... There's three dimensions of how a person lives. There's three dimensions of who we are. There's your intellect, there's your emotion, and then there's the part of you that's practical, your, your maizim, the things that you do. And the concept is that Shoefer, Shoefer is, is, is sort of that... 
that boost for Malchus Yisrochonis and Shoifers, it's that boost that Kiyistim Yushav are connected to the to Shachras, and Kiyistim Umid is obviously for Musaf. That's that's according to the Swarm, that Kiyistim Yushav, the 30 calls that we say, even though it's like at the beginning of Musaf, it's not really for Musaf. It's really helping out the Shachras that you did. So, and what's happening is that by those, by those Kailas, what you're doing is, Bechlal, what's happening is, is that you're, you're screaming out, you're doing, you're, you're, you're expressing a deep tshuva and remorse over living a life that wasn't Malchus, Ruchanis, and Shaifers. That's what it is. So Shachris and, and Musaf, you're davri Malchus, you're, you're, you're asking and you're trying to connect to that higher way of living of Malchus, Ruchanis, and Shaifers. Again, beginning with a lesser intensity of Shachris, and moving to a higher, a, a much deeper clarity and truth um, by Musaf. And even within Shachras and Musaf, a less intensity to a higher intensity between Kwaich Shemineseri and Chazar Sashatz. And all of this is being, is, being, is being pushed up the mountaintop, so to speak, by the Kiyah Shoifer, which is, and I'm so sorry, I'm doing a tshuva, I'm so sorry for living a life that's not this. That's what it is. I'm, I, 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 that, that's the tshuva of Shoifer. It's a tshuva not of Pratim. It's a tshuva of living a selfish life. That's what tshuva is. That's what, that's what the shayfer is. And you blow tashrat, tashat, tarat, because you're trying to do tshuva on all three levels. Tashrat, you're thinking that, Rabbanu Shalom, I regret being selfish and small-minded and tiny in the way I was thinking this past year. Tashat, you say to the Rabbanu Shalom, Rabbanu Shalom, I'm so sorry for thinking small and tiny in all the emotions I experienced this past year when I, when I felt when I had emotions that were just completely selfish, I, I was selfish, I got angry at this guy because if he did something to me, all just small, tiny. I regret not having the Ahava, that all my love and fear were focused on small, tiny things instead of the truth, which is love and fear of you. So Tashrat is true of the mind, Tashrat is true of the heart, and Tarat is true of the body. Was that I regret, Ravana Shalom, doing Tshuva for all the things that I did were self-centered. All the things that I did were tiny and just just small and, uh, and in that little prison of no Malchus, Zuchonis, and Shoifers. And that's what's going on. That's what's going on. So again, for Malchus, Zuchonis, and Shoifers, each one has Tashrat, Tashat, and Tarat. You follow this? Maybe I need like a blackboard. But you, I'm saying, it's, it, this is how the structure of davening is going. Again, there's, there's, there's what you're trying to connect to with Malchus, Zuchonis, and Shoifers and all these multiple layers, levels of Kwaich, Mnesri, Chazar, Sashat, Shachris, and Mosav. And each one of them has this... This, it's being fueled by a tshuva over living a life that wasn't Malchus, Zuchar, and Shaifer's dick, both in terms of intellect, emotion, and action. That's how the Shaifer is being broken down. Is that Kavanah, so what's going on? Okay. Now, Mincha, when you get to Mincha's, Mincha's really its own sugya. Mincha's also Malchus, Zuchar, and Shaifer's. Mincha's Rachmanis, right? Mincha's Rachmanis. Well, let's be honest, right? Mincha's like, we think of the Kivichas, which is like a throwaway, right? It's like, yeah, okay, you know, let's just, you know, get to Meyer, whatever it is. The Gemara says in Brachas, the Gemara says that a person should always be very mocked with Mincha. Elion Novi was answered in Mincha. When he was standing by Har Carmel, right, in that moment of Hashem Ulakim, that's the source of Hashem Ulakim, where all the Nevi Baal, all the Avdi Avadizar come and try to prove, you know, try to do their thing. And it turns out to be a big baloney, the biggest Kiddush Hashem, almost one of the biggest Kiddush Hashems to ever be. And the Jewish people responded, Hashem Ulakim. That was Mincha time. The Gemara says a person therefore shouldn't take Mincha as a small thing. Mincha's connect with Yitzchak. Yitzchak Avinu establishes Mincha. Yitzchak Avinu is one of the others. He's the quietest of all the others, right? Avram Avinu talks a lot in Chumash. We have a lot of conversations that have with Yitzchak, with Avram Avinu, Yaakov also, many parashas. Yitzchak, Yitzchak doesn't even have his own parsha. Yitzchak's parshas are either subsumed in Avram Avinu's stories or subsumed in Yaakov's stories. Very little do we have of Yitzchak. The only story of Yitzchak Avinu that we have by himself is that he's dig- re-digging the wells of Avram. So there's almost nothing of Yitzchak by himself. And that's why Mincha is mamish. Uh, it's ve- Mincha is very hard. It's like it's in the middle of the day, right? You're, you just poured out all your intensity. Like I remember in Yeshiva, they, the, we had two minyan, and one of the minyan was Mincha right after Mosav. I was like, it, it, I could, you know, you put all your intensity into, like everything is, you know, do it again by Mincha, right? It's very hard. It's very hard. Mincha uh, is one of those tefillahs. We have to be very makbid, though, because if Mincha is Yitzchak dick, it means it's, it's, it's intensely powerful. The reason why Mincha doesn't have Ashrei and a Pesukah de Zimra and a Kriyish and all that stuff is because it's so potent. Yitzchak Avinu doesn't have much, much talk. There's, no, there's not much conversation about Yitzchak. The Swarim say because the world can't, 
the, the world can only tolerate so much of Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak Avinu is a fire. Yitzchak Avinu is already future. Yitzchak Avinu's name means to laugh in the future. It means to laugh in the future. Yitzchak Avinu means, Yitzchak Avinu gives us the, the ability to connect with, with, with a level of ourselves that's way beyond anything we could possibly imagine right now. Possibly imagine. See, there's three, let me explain. There's three different levels of connecting through Rabbanu Shalom. There's a level of connecting to Rabbanu Shalom. There's a Yiddishkeit that you are comfortable with right now. That's who you are right now. And there's a, little, there's a level of Yiddishkeit which is called a Makif Chayzer. A Makif Chayzer means a level of Yiddishkeit and connection to Rabbanu Shalom which is just beyond your reach. It's close enough that you feel it, but it's just beyond your kalim. Just beyond your kalim. It's like in learning, right? person learns a Gemara or whatever it is, makes sense, you got it. It's under your belt. And then there's that shear, maybe what's happening right now, I don't know. There, maybe there's that shear that's just beyond your reach. You don't really chop the guy's talking about. You chop a little bit, sort of, and uh, kind of makes sense, maybe, whatever. Maybe it's even inspiring in that way because it's just beyond your reach. Right? That's a little bit where inspiration comes from, where you give a person just, just that carriage, just a little bit beyond, and you force them to move up. That's called Makiv Chayzer. The way it's described in this farm, it's as if there's a light of the Rabbani Shalom going into you, but you, you can't take it and it goes out. But, but that experience of it going in and just, just being beyond you, it moves you forward. But then there's something altogether different. There's a, much, there's a third Madrig, which is called Makiv Yoysher. It's a level of light that's, you, it's so beyond you, you can't even process it. There's nothing, you, it's not like you experienced it, but it's more intense than you can handle. It's Bechlal, you know, it's like um, they have this in, in, in Metzias, right? There's like uh, pitches of noise, of sound, that we don't, we don't even, right? There, there's sound which is, which is tolerable. And then there's certain pitches which is just like, you know, it, it gets in your brain and, you know, you can't handle it. And then there's such high pitches, you don't even hear it. You probably don't even hear it. Yitzchak Avinu means such a level of you, such a level of your neshama, that we don't even have, we, we can't even process it right now. But that's what Mincha is. And that's why Mincha is so, we don't feel it. We mamash don't feel it. But you should know, what's happening by Mincha is that you're connecting to that part of you, that part of the Rabbana Shalom, which is so intense, and so sublime, and so mystic, and so future, that you don't even, you don't even know what it is right now. But that's a, but that's a huge, it's a huge Indian. It's a huge thing. Because, because by connecting yourself to that which is completely beyond you, it eventually will bring you there. It's good to have things that are under your belt, and it's good to have things just beyond your reach, but it's, it's very important sometimes to have those, that connection to something that's way, way beyond. There are tzaddikim like this, right? There are tzaddikim, there's all different types of tzaddikim in every generation. There are tzaddikim that are, that are relatable, let's call it that way, right? There are tzaddikim that are just beyond relatability, <laughs> just beyond relatability, and then there's tzaddikim that are bachlal not relatable. Bachlal not relatable, right? You go to them, and it's like... They don't get it. They're bechlal not part of the generation. They have their own. They're completely, completely oblivious to really what's going on in the rest of the, the rest of the world. No, and you think to yourself, what's the tachlis of, of tzaddikim like that? I mean, they're amazing, but what's really the tachlis? The tachlis is those are yitzchaks. Those are those are tzaddikim that connect the generation to a system that's way beyond anything that generation can process right now. But having those tzaddikim can, are, are they connect us? to that place, that, those madrigas which are way beyond, to give us the ability that with time, eventually we'll get there. That's what Yitzchak means, I will laugh in the future. You can't laugh now, you don't even get me. Laughter means something that's beyond, right? It's just like, you can't even laugh about it right now. It's bachal not, it's bachal not you, but so mincha is very important. Therefore, it, it, therefore it, practically speaking, what are you diving for by mincha? By mincha, one thing to think about is, again, whatever you daven for Rosh Hashanah, by, by mincha... You're trying to daven that I don't even myself know what I'm capable of. It's not the pshat that like, but until now, you were davening for things that at least were in your framework of conceptualization of where I can be. I, whatever, I, I can imagine myself as a tzaddik or whatever, growing, that's what I want. Mincha is like, you daven, I don't even know what I can be. I push, don't even know what I can be. I don't know what I'm capable of. I don't even know my own kaychas. Mincha means, give me the strength to be able to connect to that part of me that I'm not even aware of, that I can't even be aware of right now. So Mincha is very special. It's very, very special. It's not something to, to just, just go through. Not at all. Okay. So you have a whole second day of Rosh Hashanah, right? So this is now, uh, yeah. Back to Chazar Sashat. Yeah. What, what should the Mahshah of, of during the Chazar Sashat be? Should it be 
purely connecting to the tibur, or how personal can you make it? And how does that relate also? We have in the Samatha, yeah, which we tend to make very personal. Yeah, so I think I think it's true. I think uh, by by Chazar Sashat's Bechlal, these are the two thoughts that a person can have. Number one, to, 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 to see yourself as part of the collective of Kla Yisrael, Bechlal, but the tibur befrat, but of Kla Yisrael, and that's sort of the, the backdrop, that's the that's the, the screensaver of what's going on. And then Bipratius, what you're thinking of, could be the same things that you've been thinking of by Quiet Shemunah, so just with that intensity, just with that sort of, sort of move on that, uh, you know, I'm part of this bigger entity, and as part of this bigger entity, I have the right to demand it. I have the right to demand it. That's what Chazar Sashat is. It's a demand. I'm demanding from the Rabbanu Shalom these things because I am part of this collective entity which has the right to do that. That's what Chazar First day versus second day. We're not going to chazer everything but Pratius, but just Bechlal, what's the difference between the first day and the second day? So it's like this. The difference is as follows. I'll, I'll give you the language that the Arizal said, and then I'm probably not going to be able to explain how this language fits what I'm going to explain, but whatever. The Arizal said that the difference between the first day and the second day is like this. We know that on both days, the Iker thing that's happening, I mentioned this maybe at the end of last week's year to some of the guys, I don't remember. That was happening... What's happening on Rosh Hashanah is, okay, very, very quickly, other uh, Mechavah were created originally, back to back, right? Back to back. It's hot in here, yeah? Yeah. 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 Get the air conditioner on turn I'm sorry. I'm just talking, so I get it for sure. Anyway, so other Mechavah are back to back. Huh? It's intensity, yeah. So other Mechavah are back to back. I'm sorry I didn't mention that like 40 minutes ago, but okay. So other uh, Mechavah are back to back, right? What happened originally is that the Rabbanishan wants it to be a Chava. Chava should stand on their own two feet. Chava should be an individual. She should be a person. The way Chava is developed is that Adam and Chava are cut. There's a, there's a separation that happens while Adam is asleep. The Rizal said that's, re- that's happening every single Rosh Hashanah. That is what Rosh Hashanah is. But the Chiddush of Rosh Hashanah is that Chava is being separated from Adam and becoming your own person while Adam is awake. And that's what the Shefer does. The Shefer keeps Adam awake, so to speak, while Chava is being developed as her own person. The meaning of this is, practically speaking, as, we're, as we were talking about, the meaning of this is, is that Chava means you as an individual. Chava means you're, who am I, what am I doing here? That, it's your personal, personal existence as a human being, as an individual. And the ideas of Rosh Hashanah is that you should have your individuality, you should have your sense of mission and who am I, and you know, to meet yourself and to know who you are, to have that achrayas and to know your portion in Malchus Hashem that you have to build. With, but it should be connected with that source of where it's all coming from, the Rabbanu So what was I getting at? The difference between the first day and the second day. So the result said like this, the first day, the Chav that's being developed is Leah, and the second day, the Chav that's being developed is Rachel. So the first day is Leah, the second day is Rachel. The meaning of this practically is as follows is that everything we're davening for, everything we're davening for, Malchus, Ransar, Shifers, you name it, everything that we're davening for, it ha- it, there, there's a process of how, it, of how it trickles down, right? There's a process of how it trickles down. You eventually want to have a good life. You want to have a good year. You want to have parnasa. Because wants to have parnasa. Well, in order for that parnasa to happen, it starts by the Rabbanu Shalom and it works its way down. The first day, the first day, is a day that through your tefillahs and through your avodah, you're bringing down the new year in its ruchnius form. That's the first day. Everything you're going to have in the coming year on the first day is being brought down and it's still in a ruchnius form. That's what's happening. The second day is that now you're taking, you're, you're carrying the baton, it's one long day in a certain sense. The second day, what's happening is that you're taking that year which has been, that's, that's, it's, 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 it's traveling through the pipeline, you know, pipeline, it's now in Ruchnias. The second day is that you're taking it to the next level and it's descending, it's being brought down to become Mamish physical as well. So everything that a person has over the course of the coming year was brought down on some level by the first day and second Rosh Hashanah. The first day in Ruchnias, the second day physically. And that's what happens. Everything starts in a spiritual reality and then it materializes as Parnassah, as a Shidduch, as health, v'chul v'chul. What does that mean in terms of our Avaida? Well, what it means in terms of your Avaida is that everything you're davening for on the first day should be more focused on its spiritual aspect. Everything should be focused on a spiritual aspect. The first day of Rosh Hashanah is not really so much the time to daven to actually have a parnasa. The first day of Rosh Hashanah is to daven for everything that is, that is associated 
to your parnasa spiritually speaking. Because that's what's happening on the first day. You're not bringing the parnasa down. You're bringing down the parnasa in its spiritual form. So the first day of Rosh Hashanah, when you dive from Malchus Zuchan Shaifers, as I said, Shachris, Mincha, you know, you name it, everything is more ruchnis oriented. So you dive in the Rabbanu that I should have. I should, I should have a sense of mission in the world. But what do I mean by that? Well, the first day when I'm talking about mission, I mean ruchnias, what we call ruchnias, In my learning, in my davening, in my avayda, in my chesed to other yidin, religious-oriented, ruchniastic-oriented things. The second day of Rosh Hashanah is that you're, you're building on that, and you're davening, that mission that I've been davening for on the first day, that I've been thinking about in Ruchni's sense, I want it to then materialize practically speaking as well. That I should have that parnasa, and I should have that health and that, and that, and that uh, shalom bias, whatever it is that a person needs and a person dominates for, connected to that mission. Because that's what it is. So the first day is more Ruchni's, and the second day is Gashmi's. And whatever it is that you're davening for, to remember that in, in the first day it starts off is in a spiritual state, and the second day is when you take it to the next level, bringing it practically down to, down to earth. So it's all oriented to these things. So, yeah, it's not necessary because Rosh Hashanah is when you where, the, where there's a chiddush of the entire olam, and the, one of the chiddushim of Rosh Hashanah is that it, it, things it, it goes from pinimis to chitzanis. Things start from ruchnius, and they then descend into Gashmias, and, and we have to be part of that process. So this is, so pra, this is the Avoida, so a person has to prepare themselves, and when you're talking about Malachi Zerkot and you're davening for that sense of purpose, and that sense of, 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 of um, you know, uh, a confidence, and that sense of, of pleasure, and, you know, sense of Einig in life, for you and for others, on the first day, more Ruchnias, the second day, more Gashmis. And when we talk about Ruchnis, again, remember, I'm not just talking about purely learning or davening. It's even, it's even in the things that will materialize as Gashmi, but just they start off as Ruchni. They start off as Ruchni. So you're able to daven for your Parnasa, you can daven for all these things, but again, as long as they're, as they're oriented and part of this mosaic of Malchus, of, of trying to, I need a Parnasa because that, that's what I need to fulfill my mission. And I recognize that my parnasa comes from you. And I recognize that my parnasa is itself, it's, it's spiritual in its root. And so when I'm davening for on the first day, for all my ruchnias, I'm davening for my gashmias. I'm just, I'm working it out. It's, it's, it's on its way down. It's on its way down. So this is the difference between the first day and the second day. So Dina Kasha, Dina Kasha versus Dina Rafa is this, this Nakuda. Dina Kasha is a much higher standard, Kivyachal. Because when you talk about ruchnias, it means you're relating yourself to a much higher place. That's the difference between Ruchnius uh, versus Gashmius. Um, the kids are numerous, that's what it is. Again, one of the big questions that people have, Rosh Hashanah, can I daven for myself, for my personal needs? The answer is yes, because you have to redefine your personal needs. That's the, that's the point of all of this. Who am I? What am I doing here? I mean, what, what, everything you need has to be oriented within and for that mission statement. And when you have that clarity, then everything you're davening for is part of that, uh, that, that sugya. It's all part of that sugya. Your gashmias, your ruchnis, it's all part of that same sugya. Everything you're davening for, again, on the first day, you, you, you're davening for all of it, but you're, rec- you're thinking of it. You're th- if you don't mind, I know it's late. Let me, let me just try to explain this, because it's an eight point, the difference between the first and the second day. Just mamish one more minute. I'm, I'm sorry. Just mamish uh, one more minute. Let's on this. Let me let me explain this. Just a little bit of a different approach because I, I feel it might need more explanation. When you see someone that lolenu, uh, something something like the person has a cold, person's not feeling well. How do you? Wh- what's happening? And what's happening? He's not feeling well. There's a virus or a bacteria, whatever. He has a cold. That's not. That's not what it is. The reason why this person has a cold, or what, what is the person dealing with, is the following, is that there's some sort of blockage. Where, let's, put, let's put it this way. Wherever the Rabbanishon's presence is, that place blossoms. That place comes to life. That place is healthy and well. That place is healthy and well. The Rabbanishon moves away from the base of Mikdash, the base of Mikdash falls apart. Whenever you see something physically broken, something physically unhealthy or unwell, it's a, it's a simon to you that the Rabbanu Shalom's presence is being blocked. The Rabbanu Shalom is not pulsating in that thing properly. There's a lack of the Rabbanu Shalom's manifestation in that place. 
the light of the person's neshama is not, not completely saturating his guf. And that's why he has a cold. So when you're davening therefore for a person to get better from a cold, you're, da- you're davening for that person to get better from a cold both the first day and the second day, but you have to think differently between the first and the second day. On the first day, you're trying to realize, you're trying to get to the source of the problem. You're saying to the person, the person, doesn't ha- the person has a cold, I understand. But the real problem is, is that the Rabbanu presence is not filling this person's body. And because of that, it's materializing as a cold. The first day of Rosh Hashanah, therefore, what I'm davening for, my kavanasar, Rabbanu Shalom, your light should fill this person's body. Your light should pulsate in this person in its fullest sense. And that's the, that's the root. And, and what's happening then is that that light is taking place. It's taka happening. And on the second day, you carry that baton and you move further. And you say to Rabbanu Shalom, that light that you're filling this person's body with that I daven for yesterday, I want, I, we should be able to see it practically in him getting better. You follow? That's the Nakuda. It's not a divide between uh, the first time davening for Gemara, that I should be Matzlich and Tafiyaimi, and the second davening for Parnasa. That's not the Pshat. The Pshat is either way you're davening for Parnasa or for your ability to learn Gemara. It's either way. But let's understand any deficiency you have in life or any Yid has in life, it's not just a physical deficiency. It's a deficiency in the Rabbanishon's presence in this world. And that's what you're trying to daven for. That's what you're trying to fix. You're trying to draw the Rabbanishon's presence in this world. And eventually, when that happens, it, 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 mani- it makes itself known with refuas and yeshuas and blossoming and atzloch and parnasa. A person has a, has a parnasa. It's a, it, it's, it's a result of the Rabbanishon's presence in their life in that aspect. All hatzlacha is a, is a result, is a, is a simon of the Rabbanishon's presence in their life healthfully. Hundred percent. This, this, right, right. Hundred percent. This, this, the fact that the Rebbeinu presence is not being manifest in the person's life is not necessarily a result of their anaveris. This is just the mitzias. The Rebbeinu might decide that in this person's life, I'm going to hold back my presence from manifesting in, in, in the form of of of, uh, of a sickness or or a lack of pernasa. Why? Well, sometimes because the guy deserves it, and the guy did a veris, but sometimes because that's his mazel, and that's the thing that he has to work through. So it's not a matter of tzaddik versus rasha, but this is just a mitzias of all, all, all sickness, all deficiency, all chesarin, is a result of hester panim. Why would that hester panim be? Well, because the person's guilty of anything. So, but what we're davening for is that we should be able to overcome that hester panim. And when that hester panim is overcome, when there's giloi panim, that giloi panim eventually results in parnasa and health and Shalom Bayes, and uh, the, you know, the sky being blue, and good weather, you name it. It's all a revelation of the Rabbani Shalom. Again, this is what Rosh Hashanah is. It's a reorientation of everything we experience. That everything we experience is not just physical. It's, it's, this, it's, it's the result of something that began on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. So I hope that's more clear. It's not a, you're, not, you're not dividing up what you're davening for. You're dividing up... The, the, the different levels of what you're diving for in that way. Okay? And with that, we should be Zaychat. Again, I'm sorry for uh, the length of it.